0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Restore the Floor, your podcast on the Detroit Pistons and other NBA notes with Evan Jenkins, who's wearing the Detroit Lions garb ready for that game that's going to take place. This weekend, I'm Stoney, and uh, first, Ev, we got to talk about that the Pistons actually won a basketball game the other Um, night. Two out of their last five, Stoney. That's true. You you are exactly correct. (laughs) Uh, And uh, it's weird, you know, they beat the Charlotte Hornets, who they've dominated. They've beaten them twice this season. Jeez, on the road, and the at home. hornets you're like, man, I know they win one thirteen to one oh six the 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 weird thing about that game was, well, first of all, you know, we kind of thought they had a decent chance, not just because the hornets are not very good, but because the day before the game they trade arguably their best player, Terry Rozier, which happened to the Toronto Raptors. Also, before they played the Pistons, when they traded Autonobi to the Knicks. And lo and behold, the Pistons won that game.
2: And also don't forget, when they beat the Washington, that was right before they made a trade with the Wizards themselves. That's true.
1: That's <laughs> right. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. So, um, about that game, it was just, you know, your typical Piston game, uh, uh, ups and downs. But I do want to uh, talk about a couple of things. Number one, in a, in a positive note, uh, Monty Morris finally made his Pistons debut, hit his first two shots with like seven points in like 11 minutes, something yeah. like that. And you know what? Let him play. Let him play well. And then see you the trade yeah. deadline of February 8th.
2: You take what you can get for him. Right. And, I mean, when they made the trade of Bagley, they said this was the first move that they mm. were going to make. So mm. you got to imagine they're going to make other moves. And have you seen the report? that they were engaged with talks about Zach Levine, but the Bulls wanted one of the Pistons' big four right. and a couple first-round picks. If you're asking me, Zach Levine is not the answer here. Correct.
1: I agree with Troy Weaver, whoever decided to say no. Yes. There's also was talk about DeJounte Murray of Atlanta, and they also wanted at least Ivy and
2: Thompson or somebody. And I just feel like that's too much capital. Yes. And, I, and the Pistons don't have a lot of capital to, like, mess around with. No. So, except for the draft picks, right? right? And if 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 Troy Weaver has anything to do with the trade deadline and and how to rebuild this team, do you think he should maybe just go take a trip down to Allen Park, go talk to Brad Holmes, yeah. and say they are friends? <laughs> let's let's talk on how we can like. What you're doing, how I can put that towards basketball no. because it's so crazy. They both picked up teams in similar spots. Right.
1: I do think where there is a positive similarity, obviously the record isn't, is that the guys that Troy Weaver have drafted, they are good culture guys.
2: Absolutely. And, they, and it, they love the city, too, is what it seems
1: like. Yes. So th- th- that's a good thing. The other thing about the win um, the other night over the Charlotte Hornets, was it was the opposite of every piston game. Down the stretch, this team can't close, and all of a sudden, they went through a stretch in the fourth quarter where they not only did they not score a basket, they didn't score a point for like seven minutes. But they were only outscored in that stretch for nothing. Yeah, because and,
2: Miles Bridges was shooting up every stupid shot you've seen.
1: And yes, that's true. And they closed the game. My point is, they closed the game with a ten nothing run. Absolutely, now, it's good. Which, which is what they've never done this season.
2: And, like I said, they won two out of their last five. So that is as positive as we get since the first week of this season. Correct. And they won that game without Cade Cunningham, who's been out with injury. Right. It was expected that he was going to play. He didn't. They said that they wanted him to get a little bit more conditioning before he got out there. So he's most likely going to play Saturday at noon. Hello, or goodbye, college football. Hello, NBA. Yes. But... That That's good, and, and what I'm really, really anxious to see, Stoney, is well, Cade has been out, Jay Nivey really stepped up as, like, 1A for this team.
1: Yeah, his outside shot has gone down a little bit the last couple of games, but he is so fast at the basket, and he's he's making better, not great, but better decisions with the ball.
2: And so now it's a chance to really see those two flourish on the floor together, and I just hope that they can do it. Cause early on, the games that they've played, and that and that's one thing that is unfortunate that this team has really never been healthy together for a long amount of time. True. So I'm still hopeful if those two pieces can get going, then you have a foundation with those two endurance, right? Yeah. Thompson, he's gonna be a work in progress, and I think every game you're gonna see him get a little bit better. You saw Marcus Sasser well, come
0: out man, and play. And- Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA, member FDSE. T-
1: tell me if you can, if you have any, um, I don't know, cure for this besides probably the obvious one. You're going to say is if cake's K- coming back this weekend. Cade, mm-hmm. Ivy, Morris, now. Yeah. Uh, Burks is a guard, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Killian and Sasser, you have really six guards. I mean, how do you play with six guards? I mean, you have to. Well, Stoney... Killian should not be playing now.
2: I I agree, but they still have had this trust in him from day one, which it's it's a little odd, I guess, because everybody else that watches them doesn't see what they do. Right. But if you can get your guards rolling, but growing up in the NBA, I was only used to, like, eight guys playing. Right. And now it's... 10, 11 guys are getting out there and getting minutes.
1: They're not alone. A lot of teams are doing that, too.
2: I get it. But at this certain point, what are you saving guys for? I know. Like, we're not going to the playoffs, obviously. And don't you want to see the most minutes you can see out of your starting group? And here's the benefit. They're all, like,
1: 21 years old. Right. Do you, do you think the reason they're playing Killian so much is because they're praying that he shows something that they can trade him or involve him in a package somehow?
2: I mean, maybe, but what are you going to get for Killian Hayes?
1: Second You're not getting a first-round pick no. for him, right? Could uh, you get an expiring contract for him? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe Killian Hayes and Alec Burks or Bogey can get you something. I don't know.
2: And I just, the one thing I'm really confused about is this cap money, and and it will all come together this summer. But I kind of feel like it's a worst nightmare situation where you have all this money but nothing to spend it on. And what I mean by that is, is
1: well, free agency is not going to be very good this year.
2: No, and so do you really want to go? You you've cleared what sixty million dollars, so you can get you can get anybody you want essentially. But are you going to end up overpaying, trying to do too much? And I I don't know. And and maybe there's a sign and trade out there. Maybe you you know they work magical things. And that's the one thing that I worry about with this team. Listen, this year it's already a wash. You try to get the best out of your young players to. Have that awful feeling. I've said this multiple times. So you never have that feeling again. Right. Live with that for a whole summer and see how hard these guys work. But what I don't want to see are people online because they played in an open scrimmage (laughs) saying that this team is ready to roll. Right. Because there's no defense out there. Right. And I was also a little shocked. Um, They announced the 41 names for the U.S. team. Mm -hmm. Cade Cunningham wasn't on there. And I wonder what changed. Because this past summer, everybody said Cade was, like, the best player that wasn't on that U.S. team.
1: I think his health changed.
2: You think that's what it is? Do you think they contacted him and he's like, I don't want to play this summer?
1: I I have no idea. Because
2: all the big dogs are playing this year. So I I just thought that was a little interesting to me if the perception of him around the league has changed, which I don't necessarily think it has. No.
1: But it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's very interesting. So this weekend you have... Back-to-back home games uh, with two extremes. You got the Washington Wizards, who the Pistons beat in uh, in Washington a couple weeks ago. They beat the Pistons here, so you have that big rubber match for this great rivalry. Do you think
2: we'll have um, a video tribute to Marvin Bagley?
1: Not a whole thing, but they'll put up his picture and say, oh, okay. you know, and I- Isaiah Livers or something like that. Yeah, they'll, they'll do that. What's interesting is, you know, they lost on Thursday, which was their first game, without – Wes Unseld Jr., who they yeah. got rid of.
2: Yeah. It, so it's the opposite of hockey. In hockey, when you fire your coach, you win instantly. Yes. Yeah. In basketball, it's like, oof. Let's see what happens. I mean, speaking of firing coaches, the Bucks
1: the Pistons yes. cost them their his job. I know. I was going to get into that. Yes, the Pistons <laughs> lose to the Bucks twice, Saturday and Monday, and they said, "Well, I guess we didn't be, we didn't play good enough defense against a crappy team." Adrian Griffin has to go now. Obviously, that decision was in the works way before the, the had they came to have to been, and then instantly
2: Doc Rivers gets that job. It was reported that night by TNT and CNN Sports, wherever that came from, uh, that he was getting the job, and right. they were being made fun of for reporting that news because of what I just said. CNN Sports, what's right. that? And then you think, well, it's Turner, so they're all together. Mm-hmm. And basically, what I think it was is somebody on that set learned that Doc was going to get it. They weren't attaching their names to it, so they said CNN Sports. It's all in the same family, right? right? Yeah. So CNN Sports would get Turner it. Turner
1: Classic Movies. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
2: But that had to have been in the working. You can't convince me that no. they weren't talking to Doc well, Rivers before The that. weirdest
1: thing about it is that Doc Rivers was like a, I don't know, a consultant, but he, like him and Adrian Griffin— the coach who got fired were buddies. I mean, he yeah, was like a, looked up to him. It's, it's just, cutthroat. It's like oh when uh,
2: Dombrowski got canned and Avila walked in. Yeah, <laughs> they were best of buds. Yeah, but I what I want to see, I want to see a Bucks and Sixers playoff matchup. Now, oh. I want to see Doc go back and oh, and
1: that, the, oh, put that the would crap be out good. Of it'd oh be my. like
2: when Stafford came back here. Oh, it'd be really, really good. Right. So. I, I'm interested in that. And I think the only other storyline around the NBA right now that I was really intrigued by, did you watch Chet and Wimbayana play the
1: other night? Well, I figured we'd get to Chet in a sec because the, they, they're so, okay. they here on Sunday. He's awesome. I know.
0: Awesome. That's another
1: thing. Now, we have no idea if they would have taken him if the Pistons would have had the second pick yeah, last year. I mean...
2: Him and Wimbayana are going to change their franchises just by and, being what they are. And, and they
1: don't seem to really like each other too much. It's, it's a awesome. Rivalry, it's great. Well, yeah, because And they're
2: small markets. And they're both just pencil thin, banging against each other down. It was so much fun to watch. Yeah. And that's why NBA is great. Some people will say the NBA doesn't have it anymore. But that was awesome to see two seven-foot-whatever dudes <laughs> go at it from outside, inside, like everywhere. It's just, I would have never imagined that. That would be like Sean Bradley and George Mirosan back in the day <laughs> battling like that. You know what I mean? Like those guys were ogres running up and down the floor. Boban. And yeah, exactly. And I just watch it in amazement. And I just applaud that that game was on ESPN, that everybody could see it.
1: By the way, the, uh, the other thing that took place in the last week or so was in one night. Joel Embiid has a (laughs) 70-burger. Which was awesome. Yes. Like, Uh,
2: he is so good,
1: Stoney, that he uh,
2: can – he's Jokic, and Jokic is him. They both can put the ball on the floor. They can drive it. They can shoot it. They can dish it. They can rebound.
1: And and, 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 and Embiid is such a good free-throw shooter, too, which is amazing for somebody that big.
2: I really thought, you know, he was hurt in Kansas. He came to Philly, got hurt, and I'm like, oh, my God, this, this poor guy's just going to have these injuries.
1: Nah, he got over that. Well, he he gets – his knees bother him a lot. And look Well, yeah, he's seven-something, like 250 I know, I know, but the Philly thing is with it, it's like, all right, we love you. you know, yeah. You've done things that maybe Wilt hadn't even done. Well, how about okay.
2: afterwards, he was like, Wilt hadn't even done this? Right,
1: right. Well, <laughs> Wilt did it for the Philadelphia Warriors. He had 100. But <laughs> – People in Philly want to see him do it in the playoffs. Oh, no. I I, mean, we've we've seen regular season Joel for a while. We need playoff uh, Joel. So, on that same night. (laughs) The exact opposite. Yeah. Carl Anthony Towns has like 40 at halftime. 44. 44 at halftime. Ends up with, what, 62? And and lost the game for his team. And their coach was pissed.
2: And they should be. But at the same time, you're one of the best teams in the West. I get it. Your player has a chance to make history, Mm -hmm. right? Now, was he taking some god-awful shots? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But take him out of the game if you have that problem.
1: Yeah. that
0: absolutely.
2: That's your solution. That's why I, I i can't listen to what the coach has to say about being upset and being an immature basketball team when you are an immature
1: coach. Take him out. And uh, the, the ironic, the cruel irony of that was it was on the same date that Kobe had his 81. And as we tape today, today uh, – January 26th uh, is the four-year anniversary of Kobe's passing in the the crash. And I wanted to just – because, look, I've heard – I watch Kobe's dad play a lot, okay? So, the whole – I know where he went to high school. His high school played in our league, okay? okay? And our league sucks. It's, It's amazing to me that one of the greatest players of all time came out of the Central League. But that said, we talked about this last week with George Blaha on Restore the Floor. Yeah you and your generation, i mean you're still older than kobe but what did kobe mean to you so
2: kobe's interesting to me because what year was he drafted 1996 so i was 13 years old right and to see a high school kid go pro that wasn't a big was a big deal right
1: because garnett was what the year before
2: garnett was yep and he was a big and and so it was like, is this going to work? And then he played for the Lakers, and you're like, oh, okay. right. He was drafted
1: by Charlotte, and his agent, oh, by the way, his name is On choreographed the whole thing. And
2: he did that dunk contest and instantly won over every teenager in this country, I think. So then he became really Kobe Bryant. Really, like when he was young, he was still young. If you go back and watch some of those oh, games, yeah. he was taking some bad he, shots. He wasn't. He
1: didn't start his rookie. No, knew,
2: not at all. And he looked like an 18 year old kid. But for me, Kobe was the perfect replacement for Michael Jordan. And what I meant by that, he never tried to. I felt like LeBron always wanted to prove he was better than Michael Jordan. I think Kobe always wanted to prove he was an equal to Michael Jordan, which is a big difference to me because Kobe had no shame in admitting he wanted to model his game after him. There's videos that you can go see on YouTube, and it's amazing to watch their fadeaway jumpers and the way that they would do stuff. It's like watching a mirror, right? And so it was probably the first time – that an athlete passed away, that I'll always remember where I was at that moment.
1: I was in bed watching, like morning television. Yeah, I
2: my wife it and was, I had it to was go. A Sunday, we got married in a Catholic church. Right. And I'm not Catholic, so we had to go to this Catholic class right. and all. The, and you weren't allowed to have your phones, but I had my phone, and it came across. And I'm like Ashley, I'm sorry, I literally have to step out for a second because work came calling. Right, it's the biggest basketball player in the world right now, and. He just he was confident, he was arrogant, but at the same time it seemed like he was good to the fans. Like for the most
1: part, yes.
2: Always seemed to have a smile on his face. When he came here, I'll always remember this. I don't know what year it was. I could go back and look, but Andrew Bynum was a rookie, right? So they played at the palace. I'm like, I gotta I like to measure up athletes and see how big they are in real life Mm -hmm. compared to on TV. Every Laker left that locker room and Kobe wouldn't talk until every laker left the locker room. So we must have waited a good 45 minutes to an hour. He came out, he talked for 20 minutes, answered every single question and had the biggest blue diamond earrings that I have ever like anything that I've ever seen. He, and it was such a cool moment, but he embraced basketball.
1: I used to go to the shootarounds if yeah. I didn't go to the games. And I, you know, not all, all the time, but sometimes as you know, I'll throw the Philly card and where I went to high school and he was he goes I said, said, my high school was Marple Newton. I said, Marple, we never had any good basketball players. We were always bad. You guys, you know, Laura Murray was always good, even obviously before you went there. He goes, yeah, but our football and baseball teams always sucked. I couldn't understand why we, Laura Murray, never had a good football or basketball team, or baseball team. They always had good – he was just always really a nice guy. Look, he, you know, during the the Shaq days when the Pistons blew them out, you know, he became kind of dour a little bit, and I, I get all that, but the work ethic of that guy was just – it was incredible.
2: I watch – every once in a while I'll watch, like, these Kobe Bryant videos talking about his workout. It's, it's really mo- motivating if you go and watch it, but there was some teammate that he had that was talking about it that he the teammate showed up at, like, 6 a.m., and Kobe's already there shooting and doing workout. He's got a full sweat, blah, blah, blah. He says to Kobe, he's like, what time did you get here? He's like, before you. <laughs> and so the guy said the next day he was going to get there at 4 a.m. Kobe's there. He's got a full sweat, already finished a workout. And Kobe said, you will never beat me in this gym ever. <laughs> will you get here before I will? Wow. And it's that kind of work ethic that it sets the example, right? And so when we've talked about the Pistons and I talked about in the past Ben Wallace going back out on the palace floor and shooting free throws after a loss – That was Kobe Bryant to a T. Mm -hmm. You were never going to outwork the guy. And he said it. He goes, even at the age of 10 years old, he figured out kids can't guard a left hand. I'm going to go to my left every single time until those kids figured it out. But he was that kind of kid. Obviously, his father played basketball, and he had this unique life where he traveled all around the world, and he could speak Italian and this and that. But for a kid that... Didn't go to college. Right. Was probably told he was the greatest since he was 10 years old. He seemed to have a level head on his shoulders, other than the stuff that happened in Colorado. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the one blemish on him. Right. And that. And not to minimize it. Yes, it is. His, that's is his blemish. one blemish. Right. No doubt. And so whatever happened, but it seemed like I'm not praising him for whatever happened, but it seemed like that guy saw his
1: life was almost gone mm-hmm. everything that he had worked for so the Pistons uh this weekend home and home and not home and home two home games against Washington and Oklahoma City uh I expect them to split those two and then um next next week uh they go to Cleveland on Wednesday and then coming to the pal of the palace coming to the little Arena on Friday night is the beard Kawhi Russell Westbrook.
2: Who's making threes without shoes and, now.
1: And the L.A. Clippers are coming to town. They have a tough stretch and in those the, three And then games. the Orlando Magic come in. And then, and then the, the Pistons, Kings after that. Yeah, and then the Pistons go on the West Coast after that. So uh, it is Restore the Floor. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. And what the hell, go Lions!